Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah. So wild card weekend was wild. Uh it was really least, wild. At least to the Cowboys Packers. <laughs> man, I'll even say, man, the Cowboys and the Eagles are two of the biggest disappointed teams during wild card weekend. And I, I can't even I can't even begin to describe how bad that they ruined my parlays bets that I had. So Never again will I be buying stock into the Cowboys and Eagles moving forward going into next year. I'll tell you that. Who was more You'd disappointed? Pay dirt. You would have hey, been on them Eagles. That's true. Good plug. That's true. Good plug. That's true. Hey, well, one second, one second. Who uh, who was more disappointing though, out of the Eagles or Cowboys though? All right. So I I, I talk with this question quite a bit with a few people um, when I talk to them about Wildcard Weekend. Just you know, randomly at work or, you know, stuff like that. And I came to this conclusion. Um, the Cowboys had the disappointing loss, but the Eagles had the disappointing season. Yeah, fair. I mean, the Cowboys still fair made enough. it to the – the Cowboys were still the number two-seeded team, you know. They had the more mm-hmm. disappointing loss because they lost to a, a Jordan Love young – the youngest team in the NFL in the Green Bay Packers. But when you start thinking about the Packers and how they are sort of banded together and the the rise that's are starting to come up, you know, you you don't tend to put that down the pecking order to how the Eagles have basically just folded down a stretch, losing game after game after game to the point where they played on that Super Wildcard weekend in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, that defense was just purely garbage. Both defense were trash, <laughs> nobody, no stretch. But the Eagles is just I could not believe what I was watching. And it just almost felt like that they just could not stop the bleeding five weeks ago. And it was just bound to catch up to them in wildcard weekend. So, yeah, that's the conclusion I came up with. Fair. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't expect much out of the Eagles at this point just because it seemed like the locker room was in, in disrepair. I thought A.J. Brown being out is big. For them, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a big difference maker for them. So, because of that, I had more expectations for the Cowboys going into the game. But that's that's it. Hey, neither here nor there. Playoff football is awesome, man. Yeah. Playoff football is awesome. So, let's go ahead, start the show, and start talking about what we're going to see this week. <laughs> We are running through the jungle. I'm your host, Brandon Harriet, with your host, 
Justin Lacey and Chase Yount. And uh, we thank you for rocking with us. Keep building those numbers, even though the offseason is here for the Bengals. We're still talking football. We're still talking about the Bengals, what they need to do, what they did last year. And uh, our numbers are still growing. We're still out there growing, so we appreciate you rocking with us. Uh, please like, subscribe, get those first notifications. Give us those five-star reviews. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend. Everybody can get in on it. We have some good uh, good material going on over here. Cut to the chase. We've got uh, Running Through the Jungle, which you're listening to now. Um, still going on. we still got pay dirt going on while there's still football being played. And we got a couple things in the works right now. We're going to see some specials going on during the uh, the off season and some preludes to full-time episodes that are going to be coming on later on down the road. I got some special guests lined up and we're going to work on some more uh, for the off season as well. So it's fun, exciting stuff. We appreciate you uh, rocking with us, whether you're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pie, Google Pie, wherever it might be. I don't know if Stitcher's still a thing. I hear I hear conflicting reports sometimes. I don't know. I'm a Spotify guy. Hey, there's so many damn places to get podcasts, man. That's just how it is. There's, there's yeah, where, an abundance. Wherever you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, I, I'm almost 50. I can find them. You can find them. That's what we're saying right here. I hope. So, uh... You know, we did the the grading scale we started last last week, right? So we graded the Bengals. We're going to go position group by position group. Um, last week, we started off, you know, easy. We didn't want to do anything too rough and uh, gave us quarterbacks and wide receivers. You know, fairly favorable grades for both, uh, maybe a little bit uh, you know, disappointment, but I think most of that was based upon availability as much as anything, right? You'll get a little more in the nitty gritty this week. Mm -hmm. Get a little more in the nitty gritty. We're going to do running back grade. We're going to do tight end grade. It's a tough one. This is tough. There's going to be a lot of honesty. And uh, I'm going to start off of at that point. <laughs> yeah, a little <laughs> too much honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you want rainbows and butterfly takes, you're going to have to go somewhere else for this episode. Hey, it's black and white, baby. That's all we yeah. got to say. Yeah. So uh, I'll go ahead. I'm going to let Chase, I'm going to let you start it off Oof. with the running right. back room. All right. All right. Give me your what? thoughts on, on what did you grade the running backs in 2023 for the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, what did I grade the running backs? Um, I'd give them a B minus, I would say. Uh, overall, I thought that Joe Mixon, for being a guy that took 17 games to get over 100 yards one time, he, he actually had 1,000 yards rushing this year uh, for what it's worth. Averaged four yards a carry, nine touchdowns, came on later on in the year. A lot of it was, again, the decisions of the play calling, and I'm not, that's not a factor of what's going on, you know, it, but. It's just weird because the play calling was odd. They didn't run the ball nearly as much as possible. Mixon was uh, still that in between, you know, in between the tackles type of running back. You never really saw him hit that burst of speed on the outside or anything, which we we all knew. I mean, he you know he's getting up there in age when it comes to to running backs. Uh, he only had three big runs all year, which a big run would be you know a, a twenty plus yard run or so. He only had three of those this year, which you know, normally is, is up more, but he, he's turned into that, that bell cow of a back that, you know, can move the sticks in the first down. Um, I don't know what it was, but for the last couple of years, I've been saying a short yardage run game has been terrible. Third and one, fourth and one, all that stuff. We know it's, it's been pretty bad for the most part. When you're looking at the numbers again, Mixon having a thousand yards and Chase Brown, and he missed a few games having 179 being our second leading rusher and then Jake Browning and Joe Burrow right behind that the production behind running backs in general was just not there at all this year and again I don't want to put the play calling into it because it that does play a bit into effect but the run but the running backs in general I, I give a b minus the run game the run blocking scheme a not so nicer grade I won't say what grade it is but um but yeah Overall, I say the running backs a B minus. I think they could have uh, had some more guys step up a little bit here and there and gave some more chances. It could have been higher than that. But for what it's worth, uh, I'll give a B minus. 
Well, you, you can save that as a prelude to uh, next week's podcast if you want to hear how the run blocking was. Yeah, that's going to be spicy. We're going to do, we're going to do <laughs> trenches next week. Trenches. Oh, man, God. oh, man. Trenches. Yeah. Offensive and defensive line. Wow. Listen, if you're going to join us next week, you might want to have a happy hour before you get on here. Seriously. Because this hour ain't going to be happy next week. You're not lying. About the trenches. <laughs> mm. I'm going to have a drink, too, before we even talk about that group. So I'll probably have a drink live on the air. <laughs> it might, it, you never know what's in my cup. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, God. All right, Justin, we're going to flip it over to you. Running back grade for you and the 2023 Cincinnati Bengals. You know what? I was ready to be super harsh on this position group, but, you know, then I obviously heard Chase's reason, and that was a kind of similar to what I stated to, and I was going to say B minus. Still a little bit challenged, a little bit tougher on them, and I'll give them a C plus, okay? C plus, B minus, that's the grade that I'll give them. And – Look, the running back room all collectively was just not good. However, that's not the not the reason it wasn't because of the running backs individually. As what Chase just mentioned, it was more or less because of the designs of the offensive play calling and then the lack of balance that we should have been able to have even when Joe Burrow was playing quarterback. You know, we've been doing too much shotgun, empty formations and whatnot to where there were games where it was obvious that we should have just stuck to the run. And that's not to the fault of the players. That's more or less the fault of the coaching staff. So that's number one. Joe Mixon. He should never have gotten that high productive volume of carries. I think he carried over 95% of the snaps and the bulk of the carries. With his – in the, the amount that he's making, he should not be carrying the ball that much. You should have been able to implement some split carries with Chase Brown. I'm still to this day disappointed that they're not using Chris Evans. I just believe that he's been in a doghouse since before last year. And Terion Williams, he's just a guy. You know, he's been on this team for a long time. It feels like he's feel like he's the new Cedric Pyramid without being a special teams captain to his name like Cedric Pierman was back in those days. Um, you know, but Joe Mixon, he is the, he was the running back room almost single-handedly by himself for the most part. He had over 1,000 yards rushing, but you don't you got to also factor in his receiving yards. He had over 1,400 yards, all-purpose yards, with three additional touchdowns in the air receiving. So with that being said, Joe Mixon did everything he could with the opportunities that he was presented to. And, you know, you can't really say enough about the leadership in the locker room that he provides. But C plus and B minus is kind of where I was grading this scale too. Although I want to be tougher, I just can't, you know. And then we're going to hear all off season about like the 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 mixing debate on what should we do with him, you know. He's I believe he's you know guaranteed I believe five million going into this off season, and what eight, we're going to do there. Eight point. Oh, is it, uh, is it eight point three? And uh, and listen, we've got to make that decision. I believe by in March fifteenth. I believe it is, oh, and, and if we cut him, it's a two point seven five million dollar cap hit. So you okay. you only save there's a two point two five million, or maybe maybe it's something like it's you save a little over five million dollars if you cut it. Sure, sure, and you know, and quite frankly, they'll make that decision when it sees fit. But at the end of the day, I just need Mixon to be appreciated more, and you know, for all that he's given, even whether if it's there are certain fans that are done with him or not. You know, you got to appreciate what he's brought to this organization. And maybe he's not necessarily worth the money that is being spent right then and there. But to go into the next season, ask him to take another pay cut when he already did that for you last offseason, that's kind of a, a, a detriment to the organization, if you ask me personally. And, yeah, you got to use Chase Brown more. Overall, I need them to invest in the position some more, too. You know, whether if you get another draft pick in there, as much as I like Chase Brown, we drafted him in the fifth round you can't expect the fifth round draft pick to come in and then shoulder the load. You got to start doing, a, you got to do a little bit more. Okay. So, but C plus B minus is a nice little grade that I'll give for them. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in the same realm. I give them a C. Um, I, I listen. And, and a lot of it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. A lot of it. I just don't think it's their fault. Um, I, I think flashes, uh, of seeing Chase Brown with his high end speed and some of that capability is great. I was disappointed in some of the run blocking. Not that not, I, I was expecting to be disappointed by effort going into the season. I wasn't, but my lord, there were several times where they went to the wrong gap, and I was just like, No, what are you doing? I mean, it, it was pretty obvious looking at it. So, um, that was that was an issue I had now. Um, 
finally getting to four yards of carry. I want to see over 4.2, 4.3. I, I, that's where I kind of my threshold is. But again, play calling, especially in the first two thirds of the season, I thought was atrocious. Really did. I really, I, I can't hold back anymore. I thought it was bad. First half of the year, at least. Um, and I think part of the thing when we saw this, um, you know, we talked, we've talked about it at nauseum. It seems like we preseason or, or OTAs and mini camps and stuff. We were seeing more under center, more play action um, from Joe Burrow before he tweaks the calf. Then you're in shotgun. So the past two, three years, we've been in shotgun trying to pick up third and one. We run the same running plays. It just depends on if he's on this side of Joe Burrow or if the running back's on this side of Joe Burrow. That's the only difference. It's going to go right across his face off that guard, right? It's a double-team block on that on what opposite side of the running back stance. So if the running back's left of him, on the right guard, you're going to see a double-team block, vice versa. It's pretty easy to get geared up for that when you got a running back that's already five yards deep in the end, and then you got a shotgun. You have no momentum build up before you get the ball. You got to grab the ball and then go. I think going under center more, which I expect them to do next year, and they did a little bit more with Jake Browning. I think you'll see running back play pick up. I also think you're going to see a new addition to that running back room, whether that's free agency or draft or whatever it might be. And I think that'll help there too. So I, again, I go see. Now tight ends. So we're going to talk about free agents later. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. We ain't going to talk about Irv Smith. Newsflash. <laughs> he ain't coming back. But Justin, how did you grade the tight ends? We're going to run it back the opposite way. A little snake draft on this one. Yeah. Uh, what did you grade the tight ends at? Yeah, for sure. I'm glad we're not talking about Irv Smith Jr. because him alone would have caused this position group to be at F. They're still not a good grade, in my opinion. I'm still giving them a D, you know, because they did go down there and had some catches. But again, this is the fault of the organization and the coaching staff and decision makings and at the front office to why I'm giving them this grade more so than the talent at hand. It showed that we do rely on tight ends. And we need them at critical points during this offense throughout the season. But the problem is the talent is just not deep enough. We can talk about the flesh and the, the pan of Tanner Hudson, you know, looking pretty good in certain spots. We can talk about Drew Sample surprising people with his blocking ability, being able to sneak wheel routes off the backfield to catch some nice little passes. But when we're talking about and evaluate the actual talent in itself in the tight end room, it's just not good. You need to invest in that position. So a D is the grade that I'm going to give him. I know I meant, I forgot to mention Mitchell Mitchell. I'm about to call him Mitchell Mitchell, Mitchell Wilcox. <clears throat> but Mitchell Wilcox, Wilcox is a, like is a great name though. <laughs> that would be Mitchell Wilcox. That would be a great name. Yeah. Um, but Mitchell Wilcox, a lot like Travion Williams. This dude's been on this team for quite a quite a bit. That he doesn't move the needle for me. And quite frankly. There was a reason why the Bengals decided to not sign them during the offseason until they feel like that they needed more camp bodies. And they reached out to them. It's like, hey, we need you back here because they didn't do anything in the draft. They Nobody at tight end was really available. And they kind of did themselves a disservice to the point where we had to rely on guys like the non-aforementioned Irv Smith Jr. And we saw how all these things just sort of just panned out into our disadvantage at this point. Even again, like I say, even when they started producing a little bit, getting some big catches and stuff here and there, teams started keying in on that real quickly, started sitting on their routes, and that they just didn't make enough game-breaking plays like a Dalton Kincaid for the Buffalo Bills. And obviously, Dalton Kincaid was a first-round pick. We know this. But even the Green Bay Packers, yeah, they got Luke Musgrave, but they also took Tucker Kraft, who generally a blocking tight end, not as great of a receiving tight end. But the dude still was making plays for that offense because you got a guy like Luke Musgraves, and they still got Josiah DeGuire, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. It just shows that throughout the Super Wild Card weekend, how important tight end was needed for the Bengals during the 23 season, and we did not come through at all. So a D is the final grade that I'm giving. And I know I'm probably question. being a little too harsh. 
So Let me ask you a good question before we move it to Chase. 2022 with the Hayden Hurst group, what mm-hmm. uh, what grade would you give that? C plus. And the reason why, because C because Hayden Hurst was the guy that I thought to myself that could have that helped bring energy and production. You know, even though he wasn't this all world great tight end, <laughs> he still was head and shoulders above the depth that was beneath him. So C plus, it was he was the, definitely and plus, solid and, and energy man. You hit it on nail yes. on the head there. He had a lot. It brought a lot of energy, a lot of it, man, and a lot of moxie. He wasn't afraid mm-hmm. to put his hat on anybody. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, the touchdown, and it, and it's crazy because you know I'm going back to a playoff game from Hayden Hurst that was in the Bills, the Bengals Bills playoff game last year in the snow. Man, mm-hmm. when the Bills did the touchdown pass to Dawson Knox, they took that from the Bengals against them last year when we yep. played them in the snow. That touchdown pass to Hayden Hurst, that was. And from right there, it already showed you how valuable that Hayden Hurst was. You know what I mean? That his presence on the field does mean something. And he had a lot of big catches for first downs when it was third and long. Even against this against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game last year, I don't really see that type of production unless somebody just happens to not pay attention to the rest of the guys. Tanner Hudson, Drew Sample, Mitchell Wilcox. I'm sorry, but I don't see anybody really doing stuff like that in big moments in the playoff game. So, yeah. You, you guys get it. <laughs> All right. Chase, tight end group for you. What did you have them graded at for 2023? Uh, <clears throat> I'll give them a D plus. Uh, working my way back. I, I'll start I'll start with this. Um, so Hayden Hurst, uh, he left in free agency to go to Carolina this year. I know there was a couple of things that happened with him with his mental health, and we were hoping for the best for him. Um he signed a three-year, twenty-one million dollar contract uh, in Carolina. All right, and he came to Cincinnati on a one-year. I think it was like four, like a four million dollar deal. All right, and again, it proved that he was when he was on the field, he was a pretty valuable target, to say the least. And I know I don't want to get in other positions, but you let Jesse Bates go, you let Von Bell go, you let a bunch of other big money, big name guys go that were. In the secondary, and I get that you have to be, you know, you have to take a hit one way or another when it comes to, uh, you know, some certain positions when you pay your star quarterback, when you're playing to pay your star quarterback and you got to pay your receivers and stuff. Some position will take a hit, but you can always go younger at a position, to say the least. When Irv Smith was signed with Cincinnati Bengals, from the jump, I did not like it at all because he proved time and time again that he was injury prone and he was unreliable in Minnesota. And that's not a knock on him. That's just stating the bold-faced fact. When he was the starting tight end for Cincinnati Bengals, the fact that he, you know, was... Never mind, I'm not going to get into that part. But the fact that he got his job taken, all right, being that one-year veteran on a on a prove-it-type deal, you know, it just proved, like, the Bengals, we, we can have tight ends on prove-it deals, but we would generally love to have a tight end who is there for the long run or, you know, that's there for a couple years and, and that can become a, a solid target for Joe Burrow. Um, everyone else, we know what Drew Sample is. Drew Sample is not a pass catching tight. end. he'll catch the occasional check down. He scored on Sunday night football against the bills, believe it or not. And then Tanner Hudson, I mean, he had some flashes here and there, you know, if, if you need a third and two, you can throw it to him and it's a first down, stuff like that. But he's not going to be a guy that extends the middle of the field that, you know, puts fear in linebackers or anything like that, that can own a seam. So when it comes to that, I mean, those guys did not do that great of a job overall. And same with Mitchell Wilcox. Mitchell Wilcox is, you know, is is basically, you know, a, a body to have around a team and stuff like that. I'm not trying to degrade or anything, but that's just what he is on this depth chart. But the tight end room, I thought it was – at first it was horrific. I mean, I thought it was like an F-. minus. Like, it was terrible at the start of the season. Then they started to pick it up a little bit second half of the season, and then they just kind of fell off a cliff again. So um, that's what I would give a D-plus this tight end room. It was just, you know, it was pretty atrocious to say the least. I hope they blow this whole tight end room up, like for real. Just reinvest in all of it. But that's just me and wishful thinking. So I'm going to tell you, I, I agree, Chase, with started off as an F. 
weren't blocking well, weren't catching passes well, weren't doing anything. Um, we had seen glimpses from Tanner Hudson. I think the last third of the season, I thought Tanner Hudson did a pretty good job. Adequate blocking, not good. Adequate blocking. Um, and then uh, pass catching was pretty good. You look at his stats, knowing he didn't really play much the first quarter of the, you know, the first four or five games. Tanner Hudson this year, 39 catches for 352 yards. Hayden Hurst in 2022, 52 catches for 414. So I think he got kind of the same production. Now, there was a part of the energizing thing, separate Tanner Hudson, got up, handed the ball to the official, acted very much like I would expect a Tanner to. Um, no offense to Tanners out there. But I, I just I, – I, I'm going to give him a C-. minus. I think he pulled him out of a of, 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 of failing grade. I gave him a failing grade all year, I think at the very end. C minus, I'm passing them barely because I think, um, you know, Drew Sample uh, did okay here, there, flashes, and blocks really well. I don't like him because he spent a second-round draft choice on him. If you would have picked him up in the sixth round, I'd have been like, yeah, you know, that's a nice piece to add addition. You pick him up in the second round. I'm like, second round. Who else did we get in the second round? Oh, yeah. T. Higgins. <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you do with your second round pick? Um, but yeah. but I think, you know, Tanner Hudson, I think, saves it for me. I think he's a restricted free agent. I would, you know, I would probably tell Tanner to call off one day and then blow up that room. Like, you stay at home tomorrow. We're going to blow up the whole room. And then have him come back and then rerun it. Now, where I really think the Bengals misstepped last year's class of tight ends, Laporta, Michael Mayer, um, Kincaid. Kincaid, which the Bengals were were definitely interested in. Kincaid didn't draft Musgrove, a damn one man. All didn't those guys, any, and they didn't draft them, and they were there again in round two. You know what I mean? We had opportunities in round two to get one of those guys, and we got no one. And now you look at the tight end class this year. It's Brock Bowers and who else? That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. there's probably going to be somebody else in there that grades pretty well and gets overhyped, but I don't really see the depth. The following year, I think you're going to see a little more depth at tight end, but here we go. What are we going to skip a year? Might have to. Might have to get another veteran in and skip a year and whatever. But it's a tough situation right now in that tight end room. I don't see it being a huge piece in our, uh, the puzzle. It's going to be basically next year what we've had the past two years. I, I tend to agree with that. And I like how you kind of just – you're like that teacher that this room is not going to graduate, get their diploma – Unless you get a C or above in the fourth quarter of this yeah. right. he said, I'm so, trying to make y'all pass, how, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and Tanner Hudson Help was that me. one assignment. Help you <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yep. Tanner Hudson yep. was that one research paper assignment to help them pass to graduate <laughs> as a class altogether, even though this class was absolutely abysmal when it comes to the tight ends of the Bengals. But I tend to agree with you hundred percent regarding the investment in the position you know we've heard i've heard too many times where like they said the Bengals just don't value the tight end position group like they well they better learn how to look mm -hmm. who's in the playoffs and look at the tight ends on the roster of those teams in the postseason name me one bad tight end that they have on that group i mean i'm sure there are but like they all tend to have like really good production coming out of that group on each team when you look at the Ravens, they just got Mark Andrews back at practice. But even if Mark Andrews didn't come back, Isaiah likely was filling in that role very well. And you had Kolar. That was a second. That was number two. The Houston Texans, we've already talked enough about Don Schultz, you know, coming in the fold. And as we now know, Brevin Jordan is a guy. But you would think that they're going to probably invest in that position group a little bit more. Going into the other game in the AFC Championship, I'm sorry, divisional round between the Chiefs and the Bills. Well, we already know Chiefs got Travis Kelsey, but they also got Noah Gray. And we already spoke about the Bills with their tight end tandem, 
now that they seem to lean more on with Dalton Kincaid and Dalton Knox. And then on the NFC side, you got the Buccaneers who I think Kate Otten is the main guy, but I think that's the weakest tight end class out of all the like, tight end room out of all the teams who left in the playoffs. We already know Detroit got Sam LaFord, so enough said there. But the 49ers, same with George Kittle, enough said there. But we've already mentioned Green Bay with Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. So there's there's investment to be made in all of the teams that's left standing in the playoffs now. The Bengals just doesn't stack up to any of the teams left in the playoffs, with the exception maybe the Buccaneers. But there's a reason why Tanner Hudson is not on the Buccaneers team and with us. They didn't need him. So yeah. I agree with you. It might be another round of see if the Bengals can do another one-year deal with on a, num- a name guy, maybe draft a guy late in the draft. I hope that doesn't come to that. I hope they can just I give you investment, a name? But Sure, go yeah. ahead. Let me well, a lot of stuff's been floating around. Like they've been going back and finding some tweets from this guy from a few years ago when Joe Burrow won the first playoff game, and it's no fan. No I mean, yeah, you know, get on a one-year like deal and draft a tight end mid-round, like you know, mid fourth, fifth round. I mean, why not? What what what's the worst you could do? Like like Beater to say, you tell Tanner Hudson, hey, uh, stay home today. We're gonna blow some things up, and you're gonna come back in, and we'll have a you know a nice tight end room to say the least. Yeah, I wouldn't know a fan. I listen. I take him on a two-year deal, maybe. Oh yeah, you know, like, same, and same. then, and then, then at least you have that. If there's more depth at tight end next year, at least you bridge that gap. Hmm. Now that right. said, I haven't analyzed the 17 teams in front of us yet. I haven't dug into that draft. Mm-hmm. But if somehow Brock Bowers is at 18, and we don't draft him, oh. I will break furniture. Oh, it Break crazy. crazy. You said furniture. Hell. I'll do glass. <laughs> I don't I don't expect him to be there. I don't want to say that. I think he's a top 15 pick. But yeah. if he's there, gotta get him. Gotta get him. But that's another thing. That's another conversation too for the Bengals that they that, that's where the evolution of the front office need to happen. If your guy's there and he slipped past a couple of teams that may could have taken him right there, trade up and go get your guy, man. Because if you were saying Let's just say hypothetical. I know we're kind of jumping ahead into free agent offseason and whatnot and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you sign a guy like Noah Fant. You bring back Tanner Hudson from the restricted free agent deal because nobody matching you brought him back. And you draft a Brock Bowers. How is that tight end room looking? Vastly different. And I'm feeling vastly comfortable with that tight end room enough as it is going into next year when next year is supposed to be our Super Bowl run for real. So enough said. So, enough said. Enough said. <laughs> All right. Well, we uh... – we're going to take a quick break here. We're, uh, we're going to have something coming up for you. I give part of it away. But uh, go ahead and hit that like button right now. Share us with a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We appreciate you. Help every time you share our podcast with somebody else. We're on your social media page. It helps us out immensely. I cannot thank you enough. So please do so. We will be right back after this second. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, welcome back, Bengals fans. Running through the jungle here. We uh we just got done talking about our tight end and running back grades. So now we're gonna get into something a little more light-hearted, if you would. Last couple weeks we've been doing check, raise, fold for the AFC. We are down to four games right now. So we're gonna let my man Justin Cook on all four games. We're gonna do the NFC and the AFC at this point in time. Talk about um who we think is going to win, what our predictions look like going forward. I'm going to let you take it from here, Justin. What do you got for the people? Yes, yes, yes. Favorite time of the show, personally. 
Chuck Razenfold. Welcome back. This is the Elite Eight group of the Chuck Razenfold segment because of the four games on divisional weekend for the playoffs. And as per usual case, it is a poker generated theme. So Chuck means how you feel. We're giving off vibes. We don't care about the stats and all that good stuff, even though I'm sure we're going to bring a lot of that in our argument. Fold, which means that we're not buying into this at all. Chuck it. And then raise if we're truly sold on it. Okay? Pretty simple concept. Let's start with the first game of the divisional weekend. We got the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans. Houston came off of a thumper of a win against the Cleveland Browns on Wild Card Weekend. Chase and I did a preview show talking about this game. We didn't want to pick the Browns. We were rooting for the Texans. But we picked the Browns based off of just pure logic, thinking that, okay, they got a better roster of guys. But then C.J. Stroud just came up there and then just went ham on that team. We should have gave a little bit more belief in him. So, check, raise, fold. Chase, on to you. Does C.J. Stroud lead the Houston Texans to an upset of the Baltimore Ravens on Divisional Weekend? Fold. Um, I think it'll be a better game than what people expect. Uh, I know every single game that Lamar Jackson has played uh, in the playoffs, the under is hit, which is actually a very crazy stat to think. Um, I think the same happens in this I do think CJ Stroud, you know, makes it interesting on a couple of drives. You know, they, they punch in a touch. I just don't think they're going to be able to consistently score on this Baltimore defense. First game of his career was against the Ravens, and that was a while ago. And the Ravens were still a very good team back then. They're a very good team, maybe even better now. The Texans are a very good team now. They're way better than what they were before. Um, I, I just don't know if, if they're going to be able to have an answer for some of the uh, simulated pressures that Mike McDonald is going to give off, you know, to this young quarterback at CJ Stroud, who was an absolute baller. And by the offseason, we could be talking about, yeah, dude, stop five. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to whatever, whatever uh, type of list you guys are talking about. But, but yeah, I think um, I would fold on this. I do think it's going to be a closer game than expected. Um, but I think the Ravens will end up beating the Texans in a lower scoring game. You feeling the same way? I am actually. Um, I mean, nine and a half points when you're looking at, uh, I think the over under is around 43 on that game, 43 and a half. That's, it's a big difference. And I also like, I feel like I've watched the Ravens play down to some of their opponents. I feel like I've seen them kind of play with their food a little bit. And the the, the Houston Texans gave up the six fewest rushing yards during the season. So they're going to take a little bit of that part of the game out, force the throws. So I think the Ravens will will eventually take, you know, I think they may come up come out a little sluggish because of the week off but i think they eventually take control of the game i have them winning game 28 20 somewhere around that area i tend to agree with as to as terms of the, i think the baltimore ravens is going to ultimately win this game but i'm still going to check on this texans team pulling off an upset i'm not ready to fold on them yet and my main two caveats is number one i was super confident in the cowboys beating the cub the packers and the eagles beating the buccaneers and you see how those we, those things happen. But this Ravens team is not the Cowboys or the Eagles. So they're a much more formidable team. But weird things just tend to happen in the playoffs. And C.J. Stroud is the one quarterback on a heater that if I'm the Ravens, I did not want to see coming into this game this weekend. But unlike Cleveland, Baltimore actually knows how to play sound, fundamental, formidable defense to knock you off your spot. When we think about rhythm and timing, um, they don't have to use one or two different people to rush the passer to get their sacks. Although Justin Matabike is a guy that has been playing good on all year long. And Jadavion Clowney have to give him some props as well, too. But there's still that that lingering dart out there that tells me that 
Lamar Jackson still got to prove it himself in the playoffs, and then that pressure can hit him. You don't think it will. I'm still going to check, but I'm leaning towards folding of the Texans pulling off an upset. But I do agree it's going to be one hell of a game. Um, and I won't be surprised if the Texans make it like a two or three point game out of this. Or I won't be surprised if they pull off an upset and win it. But that's where I tend to leave that so far for now. Like, I agree with you. I think the Ravens still win. But I won't be surprised if I see an upset. Going into the next game. Who do we got on the slate for Saturday? We already did the Ravens and Texans. We got the Packers at the 49ers. 49ers are uh, nine and a half favorites. Over under 50 okay. and a half. That's a lot of points. A lot, of, a points. lot of points. It's supposed to be raining in San Francisco on Saturday, too. Off All right. Island, please. Okay, so not going to do it in a check race forward on the upset of Jordan Love pulling off an upset in Santa Clara. Okay, I think that's a little bit too easy. But check race fold, do you still buy into the 49ers as the Super Bowl favorites after Wild Card Weekend? And do you buy the 49ers winning the Super Bowl if that is the case? Brandon, we'll start with you. You can mm. also give me your uh score. You can also give me your feelings about how you think the game's gonna shake out too, by the way. I should have just mentioned that. I think they have the Packers number. I think they win this game. Um, Packers are 28th against the rush. I think McCaffrey will have a good game. Control that ball. Uh, Super Bowl, though. Man, are the Lions a team of destiny? I don't know. Hmm. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. I don't know how to. The Lions have always been like my second team. I grew up Lima, Ohio, halfway between Cincinnati and Detroit, so it was kind of like AFC team, NFC team. And then in baseball, it was American League, National League with the Reds and the Tigers. So I've always kind of had that little soft spot for the Lions. I, I don't know if they're ready for the Super Bowl, though. I see too many holes in that pass defense. Mm, I think they are on offense, though. Let me... uh. Let me, let me, I'm going to definitely raise on the 49ers making it to the Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm going to check on that, on winning the Super Bowl, because I think the best team in football right now is the only AFC North team left. Gotcha. I got you. Chase. Now, we've already gave our predictions and we both picked the you and I both picked the Bills and the 49ers to represent the A um, the AFC and NFC in the Super Bowl. So I'm not going to ask you if they're still the favorite because I still like to think that that's still the case. Yeah. But I am going to ask you, do you think they win it all, the 49ers? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think they do. Um I'll go on a limb and say that. Um you go you get to that spot that many times in that time frame. The Niners made the NFC Championship and went to the Super Bowl in 2019, 2020. 2021, they make the NFC Championship and they blow a lead and lose the Rams, who went on and won the Super Bowl. 2022, they, you know, have all the quarterbacks and everything and and they make the NFC Championship and they, they end up losing Brock Purdy's out. You're talking up, you know, potentially the Lions. They are, the, are they the team of destiny? I sure would love them to be the team of destiny in many different regards because it'd be great. Because I, I again agree with B Dirt because they've kind of been that NFC team that's been, you know, like, oh yeah, I love the Bengals, but also like the like the Lions, man. That, that's that's our big cat brothers right there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, shout out, but and then my brother's a huge Lions. I love that. All right, but. I just think the Niners, I know they're one seed, but I just think they, they, uh, they're they destined for winning the bowl as well because if they were to see the Ravens in this, I think they'll have a different plan of attack. And I think they if they do play the Ravens, they get their lick back. I think they would be able to run the football a bit on Buffalo and 
and, and you know, see how that whole thing goes. Like, it, it, it's it's very interesting, but I would lean toward the Niners being the favorite. And I think they will win it all with all the stuff they've gone through the last couple of years. They will finally get over the hump and we'll have to have a conversation about Brock Purdy. Not saying that he's an elite quarterback, but we'll still have to have a conversation about him going forward. I, I would like to interject this. Yes. Buffalo Bills would like a word. I think they're going to make before, the Super Bowl, though. Before you were a twinkle in your mama's eye, the early 90s Buffalo oh, Bills, I know. Oh, four yeah. straight Super Bowl oh, losses. Yeah. Just because you get there don't mean you're going to win it. Oh, I know. Well, the 49ers ain't got no better chance now than they did after last year. I think I think the Niners get over the hump, though, in my opinion. I, I don't I think I think the Bills are destined to get the Super Bowl, but I I still think those four falls of Buffalo are gonna go from this to this. And it's gonna be five seasons. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know. If if the if that's gonna be what happens with the 49ers, they're gonna have to be healthy at offensive line. Yeah, they get there for sure. Yes, they. You look, the 49ers are still the favorite to win it for me too. Although Baltimore may have a word as far as if they were to get to the Super Bowl. True. Again, like you said, Chase, I didn't really pick the Ravens to win this to go to the Super Bowl represent by the AFC, but I understand why people do. It just feels like that Buffalo has that that team of destiny feel right now. You know, with all that they have gone through. And then how the layout of the playoffs seem to stack out to their direction in their favor, but the 49ers, <laughs> that, that that team just feels like that they're on a they're just on another planet. In spite of their last couple of L's that they took to end the regular season, I just don't buy that this team is falling off a cliff like the Philadelphia Eagles. I just don't, you know. And it'll be one hell of a story that the last pick in the draft when Brock Purdy comes out and wins it all. We will be changing that the phrase of Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. Relevant if that happens, you know, because he would be the first Mr. Irrelevant to win it all if that does come out. But I do still like the Niners, and I still and I do like the Niners to beat the Packers on, uh, this upcoming Saturday too. And even though I'll respect the hell out of what the Packers are doing with that young team and Jordan Love, I think they called a bit of a break with the communication breakdown with the Dallas defense, that's not really going to happen that much in San Francisco's defense. Their team is too seasoned. They're too, they're too good, you know, all across the board. I will say if all they right, run the, if, oh, if my fault, if they run the yeah. football, well no, no, enough, I think if, if, if they run the football well enough, I think this game will stay closer and everything, but it's going to be for the sure. Packers sake, it's, it's going to be tough to do against Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. But I mean, if, if Aaron Jones can have another performance somewhat similar to that and, you know, and, and, and really test these, the, you know, this front seven of the Niners and, and Jordan loves able to extend plays and make plays down the field. I mean, I think this game is going to be closer than what people expect that one of these games is, is one of these games, the one seat's going to have a scare. It's gonna in this weekend. One of the one of the one seeds is going to have a scare, and so I put the check on I, the Houston Texans I, yep, against the Raiders. I, that's that's mm-hmm. that's why I did that because you yep. you're absolutely right about that, and I can see that happening too with Green Bay against the 49ers. But ultimately, the, I think the 49ers they're just going to show their experience is going to show more than a four, than the Green Bay Packers being a young and dumb team. You know, the yep. youngest team on the roster. But all right, we on to the next game, man. We got the Lions and Bucks. Come on now. I feel like that we all are centrically rooting for the Lions. <laughs> it's like this, this the Lions are America's team right now. Yes, sure. right, yes, man. It just like, did you guys not shed another tear when the sh- the fans were shedding tears? I shed a couple of tears myself of happiness for them. Like we oh, yeah. knew this as Bengals fans two years ago when we <laughs> broke our thirty-one year drought. They had a thirty-two year drought. I'm just so happy for that organization, and I think they win again. Like I mean, I'm I'm buying them making the NFC Championship game. I really am. No disrespect to the Bucks and what Baker's doing, because Baker just put up another couple of middle fingers to Cleveland. You know, so the Cleveland Browns lost twice essentially in Wild Card Weekend. But I don't think any. I don't think they're stopping this Lions team at all. But I'm not even going to give you guys a check raiser fold. Actually, yes, I am. Check raiser fold. I'm raising on the Lions to make it to the NFC Championship game. Let's say you guys. One of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Not only am I raising I like we're in for the Lions. Not not only am I raising for the Lions to make it the NFC Championship team. I'm gonna tell you right now, run to DraftKings. 
because the line keeps moving up. It's at six and a half right now. Get it before it's at seven. 67% of the money right now, the U.S. is on the Lions and not coming back down. Go grab mm. go grab them minus six and a half and enjoy that money. And this, this Dude, is going to be a fun right spot. This is the 29th in Detroit and 30th in Bucks pass defense this year. Fireworks, people. Fireworks. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Lions. And I've got a bunch of prop bets that you can go find on pay dirt. Give pay dirt a listen, y'all. Y'all heard it here first. Yeah. Tune in to pay dirt. Get some, make some money. All right, Chase, are you raising on them too? Yeah, I'll, I'll raise on Detroit. Um, I think this game is like like you guys mentioned with there being you know 29th and 30th ranked passing defenses and and, and the you know the the number being pretty high, you know, with, with that regard. Uh, I think the I think the difference in this one's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, he had a you know big couple plays down the stretch. If this game does turn to a shootout, it just determines uh, how many empty possessions does each team get, and uh, you know who can you score seven more than you score three. So that's that's the big thing for me. Uh, if the Lions are able to run the football well, uh, well enough, and they just you know they're, they're playing well in the play action, I, I think that they can control this game, and they just got to make a couple of plays on defense, and I, I think they would, you know, they would win this game. So I'm going to raise on the Detroit Lions. And quite frankly, I don't buy too much into the Buccaneers defense. I know they had themselves a pretty nice day against the A.J. Brownless Eagles. But I say A.J. Brownless Eagles for a reason. It was beautiful to also see them stop that tush push, you know, because once that happened, you just kind of knew that the Eagles weren't winning this game. Well, that game, I should say. Grab him by the head and pull him out of there. (laughs) But for, you know, for all the reason that you said about the Lions defense, I just can't. I just can't find a way to go with the. I'm sorry, offense. I can't find a way to go with the Bucks. I just can't. You know, what I mean, they can surprise and pull an upset. And Baker Mayfield is in an NFC Championship game, which would be hilarious and in the story of itself. But nonetheless, I'm all in on the Lions. You going to the title game, Detroit? Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride for you, uh, Lions fans. All right, now we save this for last. We got the Chiefs. We got the Bills. You know, this was the media story-driven rivalry that national media fans wanted, uh, the members wanted to tell you that this was the next Manning versus Brady. You got Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. They've met in the playoffs. This is the third time now. This time that they're in Orchard Park. I'll tell you right now, that's not the best rivalry in the NFL. We know it as Bengals fans. You know, a man named Joe Burrow has something to say about that. But respectfully, our Bengals are not in the playoffs, so... We got to respect who's in the matchups right now. And quite frankly, we've already talked about it before. I just feel like that this is Buffalo's destined year to finally get everything that they've always wanted this season. They weren't supposed to be here, let alone in the playoffs. They weren't supposed to be at home during this round. You know, so it's impressive to see what they were able to overcome. I do respect the Chiefs and I understand that they haven't been this offensive juggernaut in years past, their defense has been the one that carried them. But check race, fold. I'll go ahead and kick this off, man. Are we finally ready to buy all in into the Buffalo Bills making the Super Bowl? I already went on ahead and said, yes, I'm all in on the Bills to the Super Bowl. I don't like skipping over the Ravens at all. But at the end of the day, this Bills team has been on a heater for weeks. They've won five straight to get into the playoffs. It was no shock how I was able to just dismantle Pittsburgh in front of everybody on wildcard weekend. They get the Chiefs at home now. Say all you want to about Mahomes and the Chiefs having the Bills in the playoffs. They never played this Buffalo Bills team in their house. And when they did see them, it was during a COVID year with no fans in the stands. So they never had a fair shake at Buffalo. This time, we can see that happen. So, check, race, fold. Are we buying? Are you buying into the Buffalo Bills? Not only just pulling off the win, but running the table and making it to the Super Bowl. Brandon, I'm gonna start with you. I'm on uh, fold. Ooh. I'm gonna fold. We got some differences of opinions. I like this. I don't think I'm not. I'm never gonna bet 
on the guy that had to have Sam Howell turn the ball over five times or four times in the last game so he didn't lead the league in turnovers. Um, uh, Josh Allen is polarizing. He's fun to watch. He seems to be a good dude. Um, all that said, he just – we're having a complete different conversation he, he throws two picks and a fumble against the Dolphins, and they still couldn't score enough um, with their depleted uh, roster on defense and offense to to beat beat them. They lose 21-14. That's a game that the Dolphins should have won. And then we're having a completely different discussion right now. Um, I get it. They're riding a hot hand. Chiefs have the second best defense in the league right now, statistically scoring defense. Bills are ninth. They're no slouches. They're a little more dinged up right now on defense. Um, I don't like this game. I don't want to bet this game. But I think even if the Bills get by the Chiefs, buzzsaw. Buzzsaw waiting for them. So well, I'll, I'll even say this. I'll even say this. To add to your point, even though I'm not folding on them, and we might go to Chase as well, too. If the Bills were to have lost that Miami Dolphins game, they would have been the sixth seed and they would have been, let's see, their first round playoff, they would have been a sixth seed. They would have had to go to Miami back into Miami yeah. or whatnot, or the seventh seed and what um or whatnot. I'll, I'll get the seeding mixed up. They would have actually seen the Chiefs around one. And I still would have liked their chances around one, you know. But round two, they specifically speaking, they probably would have been at Baltimore. And that and I don't know if they had it in them to win two straight this particular Bills team to win two straight road games in the playoffs. They're not the Bengals, okay? The Bengals are really, in my opinion, the only team that's built to capable of doing that. I don't even think the Chiefs are building are doing that. And we were talking about this is Mahomes' first role playoff game. You know, and it's come gonna come at a pretty tough time for them. But I do understand. And this is why I kind of said those two defenses that they're going to play Kansas City and then Baltimore, most likely. Yeah, right. One of those two teams is going to turn him over multiple times. This is the way I I agree. That's the way I look at it. Until he proves me differently, I've seen it too too often. I've seen this, I feel like I've seen this show before. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I agree. You know, and I don't think that he has lost the ability to put the superhero cape on and help them fight to keep them in the game or at least win the game for them. I don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers were a good measuring stick of that, even though I do think that the Steelers got a really tough defense. But I just think that they're just head and shoulders above and far beyond better than what Pittsburgh ever was going to be, and I think that was easy. And the only reason why they're here in this two seed is because of the collapse of the Miami Dolphins. So I do understand, to counterpoint, what I was arguing for and raising and going, I won't say I'm going all in. I'm going to adjust and recalibrate. But I will raise. I won't go all in, but I will raise. You know. So, Chase, I'm going to run it to you. Check, raise, fold on Buffalo. Or do you raise that they're – how do you feel about them potentially running the table in the AFC? Uh, raise that they win this game. Uh, it's going to be a tough one if they end up playing Baltimore. I think they would pull the upset off, but – be, just because they run, just because they can run the football, and I think, you know, that's something that travels. If you can run the football and everything else, and control line of scrimmage, I mean, I think you get a good chance of winning the game. But again, um, uh, one thing is this: I know someone who's going to be really excited to call this game, and I'm not going to get into any other details. Tony Romo, he's going to be super excited to see his two favorite quarterbacks go at it. Oh, we got Josh Allen and we got Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Jim, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know who's going to be better. But nah, nonetheless, 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 oh, it'll God. be a great matchup. Uh, Mahomes' first road playoff game. Um, I think it'll be memorable in a way that, you know, I, I personally think the Bills are going to, come out and attack just like they did the Steelers. This Chiefs defense, I, I think the Chiefs defense is better than the Steelers overall. Chiefs defense has been stronger this year. By far. I, I, I personally think the Bills, I think the Bills are going to come out smoking though in the first quarter. I, I truly do. And I don't know 
this crowd, I know it was like talking about a crowd getting to Patrick Mahomes. I think I think the crowd's gonna get to him. And I think, you know, you know, Leonard Floyd and all those guys, I think they're gonna make make their way home a couple of times. But early on in this game, I think the game's gonna end up being close and everything. And and I do agree with Beater that, you know, Josh Allen, you know, in if he if it's this game, if they win, it's the next game, you know, due for multiple turnovers. I just think them being able to run the football effectively. Uh, is going to be a big key and you know Josh Allen doing more good than bad so uh, I I think the Bills are going to win this game and it's going to be very close speaking of running the football running backs in general James Hmm. Cook second amongst NFL running backs in fumbles lost put that in there they like giving the ball to the other team I will say this, though, to kind of sum up the Buffalo Bills, because I do also like their running game, too, what they developed with James Cook. This is a legacy-defining game for Josh Allen. It really is. When we think of Josh Allen, we think of Josh Allen from the 13 seconds game against the very same Kansas City Chiefs in the 21-divisional playoffs where they went back and forth. That was one of the greatest divisional playoff games in NFL history, as everybody likes to preclude. But also, I also did mention, the league felt bad for him afterwards that he didn't possess ball in overtime that they changed the rule of overtime i'll give us a little spicy hot take i think it goes into overtime this time around and i think the bills get the ball and i think then i think that it goes into overtime this time around and i think that karma karma comes full circle (laughs) for the chiefs i really thought that way my man you just went into a thai restaurant order a 10 that is hot all right then you want to know you want to know what would be the funniest thing in the world? And I'm sorry, I don't want to say funny if it doesn't end in the Bills' favor. But if it does go into overtime and the Bills do get the ball first and they go down the field and they score their touchdown, the fans are like, woo-hoo, ha-ha. And then Patrick Mahomes goes down the field and scores his touchdown. And then the Bills fumble or has a turnover because of Josh Allen careless, reckless throw. And then that leads to the Chiefs scoring a touchdown or a field goal. That will be the most crazy hey. symbiotic thing to happen to this Man, team. I'll tell you the the hater the hater in me, you know, I'm not gonna say hater, but like you know, the the rivalry, the hater in me is like part of me is like, all right, I kind of want the Bills to lose in regards of Josh Allen being like, all right, he ain't gonna ever like make that step to like where Mahomes and Burrow and, and Lamar Jackson are. But then, obviously, I want to see Patrick Mahomes lose this game because, you know, Patrick, I, they 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 made that the, the Chiefs think they Hollywood right now. I know they've won two Super Bowls really in the do. last four years, but they done took that Hollywood step. And, you know, I I don't know. I just want to see that whole thing in. But that that again, I, I even proclaimed proclaim this as that's the hater in me. And, you know, I, I will. There's times where I will literally be, hey man, I, I I'm being a hater, but do I really care? No, I'm telling you about it. But it, I, again, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm gonna sit back, relax, eat some popcorn, and just see what the hell happens. I'm telling you, if Travis Kelsey comes into this game and has three drops like he did last game, you're gonna see haters all over you. <laughs> it's gonna be Taylor crazy. Swift man. It's been for everything. Man, if Taylor Swift is even going to be in attendance in this game, I think she will be, but I don't know, man. She might be looking at how Mark's standing, like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, she's going to end up being with uh Dalton Kincaid after the game. Sorry, wow, oh, wow. Sorry, <laughs> that's that's all right. Crazy. Well, hey, all right, that's a good wrap up. That wrap that wraps up. Our AFC, uh, NFC talk on playoffs. That wraps up uh, our grading system. So we're just going to give it any final words, parting words on your way out. Justin, you got anything you want to you want to say to the people on your way out? It's tough as it is, but try to stay warm. It is cold out there, unless you're in South Beach in Miami, Florida or something, or somewhere on the uh, lower West Coast in the South Southern Cal, whatever. You suck, then. I don't care. For everybody else that's dealing with these frigid weathers, do the best you can to stay cold. I'm sorry, stay warm. <laughs> uh, we are cold. We definitely are. Uh, Chase, any last comments or uh, nuggets for the people before we leave? Hey, if anybody is watching this, though, I've had a lot of food things pop up on my IG reels and stuff. If anyone got a thing for like spicy chicken sandwiches, just send it my way for real. I don't know why. I'm just hungry. 
I had uh, I had a Korean go go jung. I'm gonna look that up. Thigh sandwich yesterday. That sounds good. With cabbage and pickles and oh, fantastic. All right. Anyway, All right. anyway I digress. I digress. <laughs> um, my my uh, my my party shot here. My little last comments are hearing some rumblings out of Cincinnati now that not only does Joe Burrow expect the team to re-sign or expect T Higgins to be there next year. T is now leaking out there that um, he's okay with the, you know, getting tagged and, and playing on the on the tag for a year before they get that deal done. That's interesting because that gives uh, gives him another year to prove it. Maybe you know he can be healthier for the season, get over that thousand yard mark. I think that helps him. Obviously, us having him helps immensely. And when you start playing chess instead of checkers, if you can redo the deal this offseason with Chase, then you get that big lump sum money up front to Chase in a in a year where you don't have Burrow at 50 million, you still have him on his fifth year deal. Then you get that big lump sum out before you have to have that guaranteed money coming out. Might be playing chess over here with Duke, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I was that was actually good news in my mind. Um, now, whether it's true or not, or whether it's 100, percent or whether there's some details that need to f- be figured out in the background, I'm sure there are. Interesting tidbit, though, and I wanted to put that to people's mind. You're going to see some more uh, free agent analysis from us coming up. We're going to see some draft analysis coming up. You're going to see some one-off special shows outside of Running Through the Jungle. So I want you to keep your eyes open for those. We appreciate you guys rocking with us as always. Again, like, share, rate, review, re-review, re-rate. Keep it going. Pump us out there. We appreciate everybody rocking with us. And check us out next week as we are running through the jungle. Thank <laughs> you.